Welcome back to Rhymes with Decora, podcast project from Inspired Media. Telling stories about communities you love by people you trust. You can find us online at iloveinspired.com. Find all the episodes online at decora.fun. Over 40 shows, maybe almost 50 shows at this point. Lots of good stuff out there. We appreciate you coming along. And I very much appreciate having uh, today's guest, someone I have known uh, for decades, actually, and uh, through my family and my dad and lots of good stuff and through the community and the work that he has provided. Mr. Steve Vandenbrink, welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you. Hey, it is fun to have you here, Steve, and a a chance to get to talk to you a little bit. Um, We are actually talking about podcasts in general. Just before we started the show, uh, you work in a world in the emergency management service world and uh, some fun ideas that are stirring there. So it's been really fun to uh, to get a chance to talk with you. It it has been very fun to talk about uh, the different things that uh, I've learned and what you've, you're doing and uh, see once if we can make more things happen and get more people interested in EMS and fire service. Yeah, I love it. Um, Steve, as the show goes, we always like to kind of start by uh, sharing a little bit about our guests and their background. Now, I have known you for quite some time. My dad is what I like to call a career volunteer firefighter. He, he is. He is. He's still there every day. Right? Whether, whether they want him or not. Right. No, I'm kidding. Uh, it's really fun. I One of the things I get to tell people about occasionally is a as a kid growing up in Decora, a really neat experience for me was to get to hang out with my dad as a volunteer firefighter and often just end up kind of hanging out at the firehouse or running around the firehouse, um, as well as some of the activities and things they did for families and whatnot. But it was a neat experience. Uh, I didn't really think that much of it as a kid that it was out of the ordinary at all. And as I've grown up, I've realized uh, how neat of an experience it really was. Um, so yourself have been a volunteer firefighter for uh, many years. Uh, yeah, over three decades. Yeah, and if people don't know the volunteer fire service is required to uh, retire out, theoretically, right, uh, at a mandatory age, right? Um, well, actually, we, we used to okay. at, at the age of 56. Yes. And so um, that was uh, re-looked at and determined that um, as long as they're physically fit, um, they can continue on. Um, I would say, well, I know right now we don't have anybody over the age of 60. Sure, sure. So, that makes that makes sense. So my dad was still there, kind of was the, the fifty eight magic number there. But an incredible group of folks. You've been involved there for a long time as the public education officer, uh, doing a lot of community facing work and just really interesting, you know, engagement, important, important work there. But I think the thing we really want to talk about today is that you have also been the director of ambulance services at Winnesheek Medical or WinMed as we know it now, um, for a couple of decades as well. And you've been a paramedic previous to that, right? Uh, and really a career in EMS. Yeah, I, I took up EMS when I was uh, 18 in high school and uh, started there. Um, I was in a uh, class that graduated uh, May of 1988. Oh, cool. So where uh, where was that? Where did you grow up or where? Uh, how did you find your way? What was that path? So my path uh, was as my father was the fire chief for our local small town fire department. And they were looking for people to take EMT class. And I got interested after experiencing, I think it was about the sixth grade, summer of the sixth grade, um, really had an incident to where an elderly person collapsed. I'm there helping them split their wood. I was told, hey, don't 
let him get any farther than the sidewalk, and he just happened to collapse. And, and this was at a time to where 911 was just coming into play. Oh, yeah. Uh, sometimes you just had to dial the fire phone. Sure, right. And that phone was answered throughout the community, and then somebody runs downtown and or has a button next to that phone that sets off the siren. Yes. You know? And so having that experience, and, and uh, that was a cardiac arrest situation, really kind of brought that to me, brought that home, and, and kind of indwelled on that. And uh, I remember even at a, at a um, young age, uh, my grandma, uh, dying from cancer, said, you know, hey, maybe you ought to become a nurse. And I said, no, I'm going to become a paramedic. Oh, that's and, awesome. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, those early experiences, right? Yeah. Uh, rural, rural area? Very rural. Yeah. Very rural. Um, actually, in, over in northwest Iowa, a little town called Hospers, okay. uh, right next to Sheldon. Yep. So, uh, very rural, um, you know, something about Kelmer, Oshin, sure. you know, size. So Yeah. You found your way to the EMS class uh, out, of, out of high school at that point? Nope. In high I was school. a senior in high cool. school. Yeah. Uh, started in November or September um, and then um, finished up in May. Uh, you know, we did about 120 hours, did some ride time uh, with bigger agencies uh, over there. It was Sioux Center, or I um, should say Sioux City. Oh, sure. was yeah. the largest one uh, at that time that was actually paid service. So, yeah, it, it was really fun. Yeah, that's a you know, fascinating. Lear- learning learning how to do that, and then, you know, you graduate high school, and then you go, okay, well, what am I going to do now, you know? <laughs> well, and you mentioned this earlier, so what was, uh, out of curiosity, what was your path to Northeast Iowa? Well, my path to Northeast Iowa was, I, I took my paramedic training down in Iowa City at the University of Iowa Hospitals and Clinics, EMS LRC, um, met Mike Ashbacker there, um, who's longtime resident. Fantastic. And so uh, my dad, I got a job over in Sioux Falls. I was there for about six months. My dad's looking in the Des Moines Register saying, hey, Decorah's looking for a paramedic. And um, so I put an application, drove over, found out, hey, Mike Ashbacker lives here, works here. Huh, That's amazing. Imagine that. And, uh, you know, soon it was a call on the telephone. Hey, do you want to come to work for us? And now, 33 years later, uh, that's, that's what happened. Wow. That's a great I actually didn't know that story, Steve. That's a great story. Yeah. We have, we have yeah. Mike to thank. <laughs> right. Right. The only, well, I, I knew him and his, uh, at that time, fiance. That's, of uh, course. Spent yeah. first two weeks here in, in their house. That's incredible. Before I found an apartment. <laughs> I love it. Well, and I, we should also mention uh, that uh, it, the medical service world that runs in the family. Of course, your, your wife also works on the county level yep. uh, in healthcare, and uh, you know it's just an amazing thing. A lot of public service on many fronts there. But what a great story of, of how you landed in Northeast Iowa as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Mike Ashberg, man, he is somebody else I should have on the show at some exactly. point. Mike, Mike has a lot of uh, experience and stories to tell. Very uh, much so in his time as well. Um, good stuff. I love that. So you talked. 
about kind of the idea of finding this at a pretty young age. And uh, one of the things you and I have talked about is that, um, you know, the the career opportunities are out there for EMS work and paramedic work, especially, right? Uh, ben Shockey, somebody else we both know pretty well, uh, kind of took that path at a little slightly later point in his life and has really thrived um, in that world. But, you know, people maybe don't realize um, that it's a, it is an attainable career, right? It's, it's a very attainable career. And over the last 10 years, it actually became a better, very advantageous career. Um, in my years here at WinMed, um, the opening that actually created for me to start here was because one of the paramedics went on and became a PA. Yeah. And so uh, that, that actually started that portion. And now we've got... Uh, paramedics that have gone on to become nurses, uh, doctors, um, they have that ability to take that, you know, emergency medicine and then bring that into their, you know, other non-emergency situations where they're assessing patients, they're treating patients, and being able to tell sick, not sick, hey, I need to do something right now versus, well, I we got some time to really kind of dig a little bit deeper. What What's going on with the patient? Yeah. And, you know, we were talking just before the show, too, and you're kind of mentioning how, um, you know, it's interesting in your world now. And, of course, you uh, you work at WinMed and, uh, you know, Director of Ambulance Services. So you are on that end of the world working in either the ER or, uh, you know, in the ambulances. Um, you know, but what is the, the day-to-day in a job like this can look pretty different, right? Oh, totally. The day-to-day can be totally different, you know. Um, seeing, you know, 30 patients that come through the ER and you're there for 12 or 24 hours. And, you know, you may see all 30 of those patients if you're on a 24-hour shift, but you may only see half of those. And what what is neat about being in a hospital-based ambulance service is every day gets to be different. You don't know what's going to come through that door. And what comes through that door maybe will come by ambulance. Mm-hmm. And we, we see them in their home at that crash scene. And we now are able to kind of give that full expecting care. And we can inform the patient, hey, this is what's going to go on. We're going to have a lot of people come in this room. Yeah. And they're just going to swarm over top of you. And you're going to think, like, what just happened to me? But here's the deal. You're sick enough. This is what has to happen. Yeah. You know, we're going to get the right people there at the right time. Where, you know, at WinMed, we have lab that there is there 24-7, but we don't always have radiology there 24-7. And so when you have time critical like a stroke, the sooner we can get that notice to the hospital, the sooner that on-call person can be there, the sooner they can get into that CT scanner and be, you know, transported out or, or really defined what what further care needs to happen. 
Absolutely. And just that communication of the pieces and the timing of it, right? Right. Yeah. And that idea too, I, I think in the second half of the show, I asked if you'd be willing to share kind of a couple stories. So we'll get into that here in a, in a few minutes. But that idea of a, of, a, of a not just a job, but a career where you are uh, directly involved in helping people <laughs> in a very big way, but a lot of different ways uh, as well. Every age, every type, every, you know, in your day to day can really look uh, really different. Right. You know, we're assessing infants to the elderly, mm -hmm. and each one of them have their own little uh, nuances that say, hey, you know, do this versus that. And, and um, you know, with the public education part of me, it's always like, well, if I can educate them to, hey, stop the bleed or um, how to do CPR or how to be safer, you know, just being able to take that moment back and say, hey, what's going on? Um, don't run around with your head cut off like yeah. a chicken, you know. Yeah, um, right. But to really take a deep breath, okay, I got this. And, and if we can educate to the point of, well, I guess there's no calls today. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> good and bad thing that's that's a good day right? <laughs> you know it's a good it's a good thing but then yeah. you know like everybody says hey well if i see you in the ambulance it's usually a bad day for somebody right right yeah right yeah. fascinating uh okay so the one thing we are talking about in this aspect is sort of the training aspect of this so there are careers in this world that are there are, there are a lot of opportunities in this world right rural, urban, all over the country, there's, uh, I don't know if there's necessarily a shortage, but there's definitely openings in this world, right? There, there's, a, there's a definite shortage of EMS personnel from basic to advanced. Mm -hmm. So basic, I'm saying EMT, EMR, or emergency medical responder, those first responders, those ones that show up before the ambulance, you know, um, to the paramedic um, or the flight team, um, to, who really care for the sickest of sickest patients and you know time is of essence to get them there so that's you know that education all begins with a simple 120 hour class um we say it's simple 120 <laughs> 150 you know um but then you know it's not a classroom in a style that, oh, well, I go to school from 8 to 4. Right. You know, uh, these are normally ran at night um, in the evening, 3 to 4 hours. And, you know, so you, you have to go a period of time. Maybe mm -hmm. it's one night a week. Maybe it's two nights a week. Yeah. Well, that's what I was, I was doing a little bit of reading up before we met up on this. And I know NICC, uh, Northeast Iowa Community College, has done a lot of, uh, of work and partnerships probably there um, to create sort of class opportunities right in Northeast Iowa. And I know that from just the short conversation or articles I've read in the past that you've spoke about, that it, sometimes one of the challenges has been having those classes available. And now we have some of those opportunities here and there, right? Do you want to talk just a little bit about what that looks like? Yeah, um, we have the opportunities here and there. Um, our challenge is getting that out to uh, those students going to NICC, uh, the high school students, the, the hey, I want a second career. What does that look like? How can I do that? Um, you know, I, I no longer want to do what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, you know, EMS is notorious for that. Um, in fact, if I think back on who's all came into EMS. I've got carpenters, I've got um, auto mechanics, um, 
they didn't they weren't just like me sure that got out of high school got your emt you know got your paramedic went to work yeah right Right. I love that. Um, and, and the NICC connection is interesting. Uh, how often do those opportunities come up at this point, do you think? That's our challenge right now mm-hmm. is though to hold a class, to have that much interest. Um, they come up about once a year, um, sometimes twice a year. Um, we haven't had one in Winnesheet County or at the college for some time. Um, and so really trying to get that uh, message out that, hey, we need EMS providers. We need those volunteers. We need, but you can be more than just a volunteer. There's job opportunities now. You know. Yeah, I there. love I love that. And of course, there are other resources for doing that. When you did your training, it was University of Iowa. Is that right? Correct. There, uh, University of Iowa EMS LRC um, was the main one that I was uh, informed about. You know, I spent 10 weeks down in Iowa City. Oh, yeah. And that was 8 to 5 every day, you know. <laughs> then come back and, and work part-time and, and do my clinical times at, at uh, in Sioux City. And then I ended up uh, doing about 300 hours of ride time in Sioux City in about two weeks. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Two or three weeks. So <laughs> so just imagine, you know, instead of instead of working, I was, I was going to work. Or I was going to school yeah. every day, running an ambulance. Absolutely. Uh, so what a cool experience. Yeah. And, you know, if folks are interested in finding out more about that, I think they can, you know, reach out to you directly at WinMed uh, or, or check out some of the resources through NICC in various places. And, uh, you know, it's neat to see, see those opportunities popping up. We're going to take a real quick turnaround here, Steve, uh, and come back and talk a little bit more about your experiences. Uh, EMS, my guest today, uh, Steve Vandenbrink. Thanks for being here. Thanks for taking time. Steve's the director of ambulance services at WinMed and Decora, also the public education officer for the Decora Fire Department, uh, a real career in EMS and uh, lots of good info here. So we'll be right back, Steve. Thanks. Thanks. Aaron Henning Nichols, founder and editor-in-chief of Inspired Magazine. Rhymes with Decor is brought to you by Inspired Media, bringing you positive news since 2007. Find us on stands across the Driftless, or check out our new website, or become a member at iloveinspired.com. Creating stories about communities you love by people you trust. Thanks for being inspired. And the voice of Aaron Henny Nichols there, my founder, uh, partner, founder in Inspired and uh, in life happens to be. Uh, check it all out. I love inspired.com. Lots of good stuff happening there. Lots of articles, community builders, your chance to be involved, uh, support inspired. We appreciate all those things. The show is rhymes with Decora. You can find all the shows online. Go to decora.fun. Uh, lots of shows lined up there. Guests from across the region talking about great stuff. But my guest today, Mr. Steve Vandenbrink is here to talk a little more about EMS. Uh, Steve, you know, but we were talking earlier, um, we have the experience of growing up in rural America, the mid, the Midwest here, a lot of rural areas. And uh, you mentioned previously too, you know, the experience you would have in a rural area is probably a little bit different than you would have in an urban environment uh, where, where people might think that EMS is, uh, you know, kind of a, a real fast dash, lots of uh, crazy stuff going on. Right. right? 
you know, lots of ambulance runs, um, you know, running 14, 15 calls in a 12 hour shift. And, um, yeah, we don't see that. Yeah, you know. hopefully, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it is interesting. You, like you said, you get to, you do get to see a lot of different things, uh, and occasionally, you know, some of the things. One of the examples you were giving me uh, of earlier was with, um, you know, a couple of like cardiac incidents that came pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, so just recently, we and um, you've probably seen it online. Uh, we had two cardiac arrest events that um, people started. Uh, CPR immediately and we had EMS providers and law enforcement the ambulance all show up and just that point of somebody starting CPR and we getting quick access to ADs quick access to the ambulance these patients were able to walk out of the hospital without any neurodeficits that's incredible that's that's seven percent Wow, and you seven percent. Oddly enough, those two events happen pretty. Uh, yeah, quick within three time, months. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it, it just uh, totally amazing. Um, you know, I can't say enough about the people who were there when when the event happened and them starting CPR and doing effective CPR. Um, you know, that really is key. And then you know, getting us notified, getting that those first responders there that are you know. I, I talked about one, and um, it was like seven minutes from the time the, the 911 was called to the time the ambulance arrived on scene. And uh, one of the people that were on scene goes, it was seven minutes. It <laughs> felt like forever. Oh, yeah. And I said, oh, how I know, because yeah. I've got to call 911. Oh. You know, yeah, that's a harrowing experience. I mean, it is. There's, there's nothing that makes time go slower than, than yes. being in that moment, right? You Although, know, help is needed, and where are they? Right. Where are they? And interestingly enough, another point that you made to me earlier was that uh, sometimes, especially, and again, I think it comes sort of in between. It doesn't need to be, but a rural example is probably an easy one. You're, you're out doing something with a buddy, or you're out at a family event or something, and someone seems to maybe have an issue, and the thought might be, well. We'll just throw them in the car. We'll go get you checked out. Right. Uh, rurally, you know, I've had the opportunity, and, and nice or not, we've had people come to the emergency room, and they had a right of passed away. They had the chest oh, pain. Yeah. Didn't want, you know, and where, but we've had people, you know, with strokes and, and heart attacks and traumas, you know, just show up, and it's like, look, we could have, we could have gotten you from our what we call the golden hour. So when the event happens to when you're in a trauma center, we ideally want to get that golden hour. Well, a rural EMS, that's hard to do. Yeah. That's hard yeah. to do. However, with what the system we have here today, we have a helicopter in town. Yeah. That's an incredible, you know, incredible resource. We, we have more helicopters available today than when I started. You know, we had we had one from Mayo and one from Iowa City. That's when I started. That was the only two. Wow. You know, and today we've got Medlink. We've got one in Mason City, mm-hmm. um, one in Waterloo. You know, so they're they're more available. And by having EMS get notified 
we can activate those. We can get those patients to right. those crit critical care facilities quicker today than we could, you know, even three years ago. Yeah. And the example you're kind of giving me, whether it's, you know, 10 or 20 minutes even, within that, you know, those confined times that are really important. But the potential is, you know, if you can call 911, you've kind of activated that whole system. It's not just about getting the person to the immediate care, although that's part of it, right? Because an ambulance right. brings resources that, you know. <laughs> right. We, we essentially bring a mini ER to us. You know, we don't suture, we don't take x-rays, but we're pretty good at assessing the patient. We're, our eyes really have seen a lot of patients, and we can, we can tell, hey, you're sick. Mm -hmm. You're yeah. not sick. You know, I, I think one one situation, we were up up uh, by Burr Oak and, and um, close to Harmony in that area, and Harmony had picked up this patient that was you know a couple miles from in in Iowa, but they um, they were just from the state line, and they called us for an intercept and you know chest pain, you know, and got him back to the ambulance. I looked at him and he said, "You're not going to Decora. Where are you going?" Oh, no, just bring me. No, you're having a heart attack. Oh, goodness. You need to go either Rochester or Lacrosse. You yeah. make a choice. Decide. You know, Ugh. because we're turning around because waiting for the helicopter mm -hmm. is not a good option. We wow. actually took him to Harmony Fire Station, intercepted with the helicopter there. Wow. Tra transported him, you know, gave him off to them. He got up there 100% okay. Um, yeah. you know, got a stent or, you know, maybe open heart, but still, you know, three, I don't know, three, four weeks later, you got to see him and yeah, he said, wow, not a problem. Yeah. You know? That's, that's gotta be an incredibly so, rewarding part of the job is to see those success stories. Right? Yes. Yes. Uh, what about on the other side of the spectrum? I mean, I would imagine, um, are there some success stories on the beginning of life, uh, part of the world as <laughs> you well? Know, uh, those, those happen too. And, and normally <laughs> what happens is, you know, the baby comes out and everything's okay. Yeah. Um, one of my personal experiences was we intercepted with a uh, post ambulance and they hear this baby got delivered and, and passed in, into the toilet water. And, and they're oh like, goodness. you know, they got mom laying on the cart and they got the baby here and she's like 26 weeks. Oh. Like, oh, about as big as my hand, wow. you know. And about two years later, I get, I'm walking in the hospital and, and a gal comes up and goes, hey, you're the paramedic. You remember that little 26-week-old? She's oh a two-year-old just running around like nothing's wrong. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. So, what a wild, wild yes. experience. Uh, I love that. Um, and, of course, you know, there are the not-as-happy experiences, but, you know, that is, like you mentioned, too, like your day-to-day -day could be anything. And it it, it that's, could be that's anything. That's you know, part of the job. Right. It's part of the job. People people live. People die. Yeah. Um, you know, when, when people die... I look at it and, and reinforce that that we're we're not here for the patient anymore, but mm -hmm. we're here for the family. And wow, yeah. and that that compassion that we can bring, and and support that we bring, um, it it makes a difference. Yeah, it really makes a difference. Love that. 
I love it. Uh, now I have to bring in one more part. I want to bring it back to fire department for a second, uh, oh, yeah. because I think that's a, an important fun part of the story. Uh, so you were also kind of in, in tandem have been a volunteer firefighter, uh, for, for the same, about the same amount of time that you've right. been in EMS. So your skill set probably really, uh, dovetails there pretty nicely, a little bit different world. Um, but you know, tell me from sort of the public education standpoint too, the work that you do with the fire department and in EMS, kind of how do those go together for you? Or what do you, how do you look at in terms of the community and interacting with people? Um, be doing both gives me the opportunity to talk to the very old, the very young, all about how to continue to be safe, how to look for things, you know, we, we hot, not hot, you know, um, to, hey, fire alarm is going off, what are we going to do? You know, we in school, it's fire alarms go off, out the door we go. At home, fire alarm goes off, okay, who's cooking what, you know? <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bring up that Aaron Aaron was cooking bacon this week. Well, maybe I did. Anyway, but, yes. But you know, um, just being able to you know teach the kids to, hey, smoke alarm goes off, let the adult worry about it. You get out. Right. You you leave. You know, take them with them. You know, also thinking about oh, how do we live? Well, some people live in squander. Um, some, some people live like you would never think sure. they would live. Sure. And yet, you know, I walked in here and it's nice clean path, you know, and it's like, anybody actually work here, but. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> exactly. No, it is really interesting. And I think that world is important. Uh, I also think it's really neat. I just, because of my personal experience kind of growing up, uh, with some, some, uh, interaction at the fire department, you know, it's really neat to see the community that's. Uh, created around small town uh, volunteer services. Right? Yes, and, yes. And it, it truly becomes a community. Um, each, you know, the group of firefighters and, and as they grow together and, and where they work together, um, you know, somebody's always asked, uh, you know, how does Decora have such a department that we do? And, you know, we train three times a month. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, and it's not you know. Oh well, let's let's go down to the apartment. Let's bullshit a little bit here, there, whatever. Yep. No, it, it's like let's put our hands on the equipment. Let's let's get a feel of how it works, how it feels in a controlled environment, so that when it becomes a uncontrolled environment, yeah, we can turn that around and make it controlled because we've done it repetitively enough. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, and it's been neat just to watch and, uh, you know, they're, they're, uh, you continue to span, you know, I think there, there's always opportunities, right, as well for young people to get oh, involved. Yes. But you guys have done a decent job of getting younger people involved and, and embracing them and, uh, you know, creating the network uh, and the training to, uh, to keep people engaged is a huge, a huge thing. So. Huge. Yeah, love that. Okay, we got into a half hour, which is usually where I wrap up the show, but I don't ever let a guest go without having a little bit of fun. Because I know you, Steve, I know one of your other hobbies uh, involves smoke, uh, <laughs> yes, but, in a, but in a fun way. Uh, do you want to talk barbecue a little bit? Well, sure. I love barbecue. <laughs> it, it, uh, it was a, this started probably, oh, 10. Oh, over 10 years ago. And it just happened to be, actually, when I came over here, somebody got me into using just a little bullet smoker, as they call it, you know, okay. a little 
little charcoal, throw little chunks of wood on it. You know? Sure. And, well, today it, it's grown into a trailer with a 125-gallon <laughs> converted LP tank and is my smoker, you know, real wood. Yeah. It's a serious, a, a serious hobby. Still call it See, a hobby? I, I still call it a hobby, but, you know, it could very well be my retirement gig. There you go. I love that. Uh, and I have had the chance to have some barbecue here and there, and it's delicious. Uh, what a what an awesome uh, yeah, awesome it, it, side world fun. to dabble it, in, right? It, it's fun. You know, uh, a lot of people think, oh, you know, you're just sitting around drinking beer. And, and for me, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just not that type of person. Sure. But I'd rather just sit around, smell the smoke, you know, and, and be able to provide a good tasting barbecue that somebody goes, man, I have never had anything like that. And, nice. You know, that, that just, you know, makes it really, really well to say, you know, you always want to look at it. No. <laughs> Hands off. You're okay. You know where it is. Keep the wood ver- Keep the wood going. I love that. And I would imagine some of your coworkers and uh, uh, volunteer cohorts get to uh, enjoy a little bit of that here too. They, they too. do. They do. Actually, at the fire department, we have a meal every month from October through April. And uh, I don't know how long I've been doing that, but uh, it's been a long time. So I cook all those meals. That's awesome. Love that. Love it. Uh, well, Steve uh, Vanderbrink, thank you for taking time to be here today. Thanks for talking about your uh, career in EMS and also uh, the lineage of how, you know, we need to keep that going and get younger people interested again. Uh, if folks want to get in touch with you, they can reach out at WinMed. Yep. Um, the direct line number is 563-382-2911, not the emergency number. Uh, and, but just reach out to WinMed. They'll get you in touch and yes. uh, you'd be willing to talk, I'm sure, with uh, interested folks along the way. Right? You bet. Exactly. That's awesome. Thanks for taking the time to be here, Steve. It's been really fun to talk, and uh, we'll look forward to more positive stories. Thank you. uh, Coming out of the EMS world. Exactly. (laughs) Thanks a bunch. All right. You've been listening to Rhymes with Decora podcast project of Inspired Media. Find us online. Decora.fun is where all the shows are. If you've enjoyed the music on today's show, it's the work of Mr. Nick Zielinski. Nick is a drummer. He's a decoran. Uh, he does all sorts of cool improvised music. Find him online at Indicative of Drumming. Thank you to Nick for that. We'll see you next time on Rhymes with Decora. is a project of Inspired Media. Find us online at iloveinspired.com.